Testing one, two, three. 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 D. D. P. P. Three D Podcast. in-depth with athletes, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Behind the scenes of stories you watch and people you admire. A multi-dimensional look at greatness. 3D Podcast with Jason Johnson. What's up? Welcome to 3D Podcast. This is your host, Jason Johnson. Welcome to the show. We got an amazing guest today. Uh, the one, the only... Quincy Avery joining us, quarterback guru. Q, welcome to the show, man. What up, though? Hey, so what are you? Quarterback guru, quarterback revolution? Like, how would you describe yourself? I'm a quarterback consultant is what I would call myself, you know? Um, I help people work through their problems, figure out, you know, the best execution of the solutions, and then and, um, I'm there for them as they need me as we keep moving forward. So you're kind of like a, a, a psych, psychologist, psychiatrist, mentor, trainer, all in one. Exactly. Just roll them things up and that's me. <laughs> hey, well, before we get into anything, Tanner benched Deshaun Watson this week, didn't start him in fantasy, and and I I wanted to get you to comment on that. Tanner's a bit of a fool. Yeah, um, it was my mistake. I, I mean, I've got him and Tom Brady, so it was it – was, Week one, I started I started Deshaun, and that was a good call. Week two, I benched him, and it was the right call. And then, honestly, this week, I really didn't look into it. I just kind of left it as is. So that's what, really that's what we'll say veteran, happened. You're not a veteran fantasy football player, um, obviously, by the left it as is comment. Yeah, so I'm yeah, really yeah. disappointed in you right now, and I hope you don't make those same mistakes in the future. Okay. I'm wondering what sort of league he plays in that you could have Deshaun and Tom Brady. Like, are there three people in your league? Or? <laughs> it's definitely an eight-person, uh, and it's a snake draft. He yep. hasn't advanced to the levels of auction. Uh-huh. Um, he'll get there. Hey, uh, is it, are you beating your mom, though, Tanner? That's all I want to know. Hey, this is a league with friends, so, yeah. So, Quincy, we're talking a little bit uh, about – a small trip that we took earlier this season. Um, <laughs> but uh, basically what I'm doing on this show is I'm trying to go behind the scenes of, of the stories that I tell, of the stories that I come across, interesting people, athletes, creative entrepreneurs. And, you know, we traveled together for over a month and it all boiled down into a six-minute ESPN piece. So there's a little bit more to the story than uh, meets the eye. So I uh, wanted to kind of go behind the scenes with you tonight, talk about that. Um, kind of just tell me a little bit first before we even get to the trip, but talk a little bit about your own background. How did you get into consulting quarterbacks? I'll give you the shorter version. Um Son of a football coach, played football in college. As soon as I got done playing football in college, I uh, went out to UCLA to start coaching. Rather than coaching, I actually volunteered for two years. So I was coaching there for free on that staff, was with some really good coaches, learned a lot of information, realized that I could help quarterbacks out a little bit better because I was watching so much quarterback film. As those guys were sending in their tapes to try and get scholarships, I saw a lot of the pitfalls of guys, and I was like, yo, I can make guys better. Moved to Atlanta, lived in my car, started training guys. Um, first guy that I got was a kid named Josh Dobbs, who's now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And business kind of grew from there. Now I've got a uh, 
a pretty good stable of quarterbacks across the country from the NFL to college. And you, you kind of just glossed over that comment. I, <laughs> I slept in my car. Like, that's like not something you just like. That's like on that Seinfeld episode. Like, you don't just yada yada past that. Like, and, and I, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it was a grind and it was a, a journey for you to get to this point. Talk a little bit about, you know, just the resilience that you had to knock on doors, to not take no for an answer, kind of how you basically found your way through UCLA and, it, and, and in Atlanta. Yeah, so UCLA, I was living in a locker room. Um, so that was that for UCLA. So I lived in a locker room for two years. I, I was working for free, um, so I didn't have much money out there. So I was living in a locker room, get to the office every day at 4.15, leave at midnight. And then uh, when I moved to Atlanta, didn't have any money because I'd been working the previous years for free. Um, so I had to live in the car, get up in the morning, go to uh, LA Fitness to take a shower, and then oh work from the office. But my thing about resiliency is it's more about just like doing whatever it takes to get the thing that you said you wanted. Um, and I, I think a lot of times people talk about the things that they want or the things they expect to get. Not enough times people are willing to do the things necessary to get those things. Um, and that's always been just something I've kind of lived by and something my, my parents kind of instilled in me, or my mom rather instilled in me. It's like, yo, don't tell me about the things you want. Like, if I don't see you, you putting forth the effort to get those things, like, really don't talk about it. Like, it'd be frowned upon in my house. Um, so I, I figured the best way for me to start working towards those goals is start uh, putting my feet in front of others and getting stuff done. I mean, to me, it feels like so many times people say they want something, but you got to ask the question, like, do you actually want it? Like, yeah. are you willing to do whatever it takes? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, don't tell me you want to be a coach, but like, oh, it's too much travel or it's too many hours. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, actions and actions and words very often are not congruent, um, and that's something that I kind of tell my guys at a young age. Like, oh, ninth, tenth graders tell me about they want a scholarship. I'm like, bro, you say you want this scholarship, but you're not doing shit to get there. Um, so that's those are the things that make me probably more irritated than anything else. Um, but what so. motivated what motivated you at that point? Like I want to like like what's going through your head when you're getting up every morning at four fifteen and trudging off and saying this is going to pay off? Like what was it the end goal or was it just like like what was actually driving you? Was it like to prove someone wrong? Like what was actually like your motivation as you were coming up in that period? The, the motivation for doing all that stuff at UCLA was I really thought I was going to be a big time coach. Um, and it's funny, like the year that I quit is when the coach is like, yo, I think we have a full-time job for you next year. And, and you know, um, probably a lot of other people don't know, but like the difference between like a grad assistant and a full-time coach is like, you go from $0 to at least $180,000. <laughs> um, so I had, I had reached that point where I was getting paid a good chunk of money to coach in UCLA. And I just decided that... Um, I thought I could have a bigger impact on guys' lives. So first it was I wanted to be this big college head coach, uh, future NFL coach. And then as I moved my way to the private training sector, I wanted to be the best quarterback trainer in the world. Um, and I still kind of wake up with that desire. Like when I wake up, I'm like, yo, I want to be the best in the world. Um, I know there's a few other guys out there doing a good job and I want to take them out of business is kind of my mindset every day when I wake up. Like Tupac, me against the world, son. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so you met you met Deshaun. Tell, tell me about when you and Deshaun first got together. Met Deshaun his junior year in high school. What was your yeah. first? What was your first impression? Uh, this kid's really, really good. Like he's really good at football. Um, that was the first thing. But there was a lot of guys who I thought were really good at football. I was meeting him through Elite Eleven. Elite Eleven is the most prestigious program for all of high school quarterbacks. Um, high school football, actually, I, I would say. The best of the best go there every year. Um, and really, when you watch an NFL game, if you watch an NFL quarterback, odds are they went through this Elite 11 process. So you get a lot of good guys. So Deshaun, I thought, was really, really good. But the thing that stood out to me the most was who he was as a person. Really, really humble. Um, he worked super hard, and that just kind of... He makes you gravitate towards him as a person, like who he is. Um, and I'm like, yo, this guy's cool. Like, I want to, you know, be around him, see how I can help him on his journey as a quarterback. Um, and we just start kind of clicked. Like, we just had a lot of things in common. We're from around where I lived in the, around the same place that he was growing up in. Um, so it all made sense. And along, along that way, you probably find yourself, you talked earlier about the mental side. For these guys that are trying to make it, Obviously, the physical skills are, are are paramount. They have to be able to make, you know, they have to be able to throw the deep comeback. They have to be able to read defenses. But how much of the difference between a guy making it to the NFL and a guy not getting a scholarship is mental? I think after you reach, like, a baseline of skills for every level. So there's, like, I need to be this good to play in college. And I need to be this good to play in NFL. But after you reach that level, that baseline level, so much of the differentiating factor for you playing wherever you are is the mental mental aspect. Um, it's a mental like being able to deal with adversity, being able to go through tough things, and being able to persevere. Those are the guys who you see are uh, truly successful throughout their career. So, I think that's the the biggest component of it is is the mental side. And how how do you how do you teach that? Like how do you personally like break down your sessions to like actually work on that? Like, how do you teach mental toughness? So as as the, the younger guys, I try to make sessions as difficult as possible, especially during the offseason. I want them to be very, not only very, very uncomfortable, but I want them to, like, be a little nervous throughout the time. I, I need it to be as difficult as possible throughout a session so they feel like throughout this offseason, they've been built up, like, Oh, well, the toughest thing that could have happened to me happened in the workout out there with Quincy. Like, it can't get any tougher than that. Um, so when they reach the the season, like, everything's easy. Um, and that's kind of how I build up my whole training program. Like, January through June, it's as tough as you could have a session. July through November, it's, like, a lot more laid back, and I want them to be comfortable. So that's just kind of how I build it, uh, and, and we allow guys to grow from there. That is amazing, and I feel like we could talk about this for the next three hours. <laughs> but I want to fast forward. I want to fast forward to to this trip we took because obviously it was an amazing experience for all of us. Um, talk a little bit about where your own desire to travel and 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 your conversations with Deshaun. How did how did all of this come about in in your brain? Um, really cool people like you and TL, um, but. <laughs> We always talk about traveling a bunch. Like the last few off seasons, we're like, we would go somewhere not really as cool as where we went. We would go to like 
the DR or something, right? And then we were like, oh, this is really cool. We've never been here or we've never been there. And then we're like, well, we need to see more. Deshaun had the opportunity to go to Berlin, I think it was two years ago. And he told me about it. I'm like, I've been to Barcelona, but I was young. I haven't really traveled like that. Let's try and see more of the world and let's see how we can do it. And then it was just like a perfect synergy of the things that we want to see across the world, the game of football growing in all these different places. And like, how can we merge these two worlds? And I, I think that it happened perfectly this summer. Yeah, for people that saw the ESPN story, that's it was kind of a, a crazy journey, you know, from basically idea to execution to, to everything, you know, for us. You know, being producers, you know, it started off as potentially a huge TV series and then it was where is it going to go? And then it was let's go anyways. We'll figure it out. And, you know, as we kind of put this whole thing together, uh, talking to you and Deshaun about where we wanted to go and the things we wanted to do, uh, you know, there was kind of three, three sort of goals. Right. One was to see culture and experience, you know, new places, new things, new people. Uh, number two was to grow the game of football. And then number three for Deshaun, it was to try to grow, you know, his brand around the globe. Um, but on that on that football front, you got a chance to see football being played in, in England, in Austria, in Italy, and even China. Like, what was that like to see football around the globe for you? I really had no idea that people were that interested in the game of football or playing quarterback at that level. Um, these guys haven't had the experience like we've had in the States. They haven't grown up around the game. They don't have parents who, like, really, really wanted to play it. They're truly doing it for the love of the game. They're, like, a little bit behind fundamentally, but the passion is there. I I was really blown away at at how into the game these people were. Um, And then we we finished a trip somewhere like China. When we're in China, I'm like, yo, there's – this is a – huge country right like our, everybody here wants to play the game they're totally into it there's hundreds of kids at a football camp and I'm like this game in a somewhere with 24 million people um they're all about football like we don't know the places that football is going to grow um how it's going to continue to expand um so so being like an ambassador to that I thought was amazing yeah and and I got to play myself a season in Italy, a season in Austria, and and a year in Germany. So I already knew that, but it was awesome for me to see you and Deshaun, like, all of a sudden look up and it was like, it just felt like football. We're in the middle of Austria and going through a workout or we're in a velodrome, like a a bicycling (laughs) stadium in Milan, and we're throwing routes to the receivers. You're, like, yelling at them. Like, it was awesome. Um, Football just turns into football no matter where you're at, right? Like, they can kind of speak English, but they know enough of what you're talking about. Like, when we're in Innsbruck, Austria, there was a little young kid who was in seventh grade, didn't speak great English, but when we're going through the drills, he's figuring it out. It was... You got to see people in the purest form, like really trying to learn the game, working with one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. You'll never get to experience something like that where guys are just out there to work and they want to get better. Even if you came to the States and did something like that, there'd be a kid who just wanted to be there because it's Deshaun Watson. No, these kids were thirsty to get better at the game of football, and I thought that was so pure and authentic. Yeah, I remember remember that story. We there was those kids we met in England. Like literally, they had like flown there from like some random <laughs> Eastern Bloc country. 
they slept in the airport, and then they drove to the field, did the camp, and then they were leaving straight from there to travel 24 hours back to their hometown just for a chance to, like, throw a couple balls with Deshaun. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was, it was awesome. And, uh, I definitely think we need to, uh, to look at, you know, expanding that in the future, you know, trying to go new places, bring football to other places. But, um, for you, what was, what was the best camp experience you had on the trip? In Rick Austria, to me, that was amazing. The, the reason it was is because the level of talent that's growing there and then the type of programs that they have. I thought that was, and, and not only that, it was the most beautiful backdrop you could ever have for a football setting. Um, yeah, we played, uh, <laughs> shout out to my former team. So we actually went, a lot of the football places we went, I actually had personal connections. So I had played for the Swarco Raiders, which mm-hmm. is among the top programs in Europe. And Quincy, I don't know if I even told you this, but that team went on this year to have the best season in the history of Europe. They went 16-0, and and they won all three competitions they were playing in. They won the Austrian Championship, they won the European Championship, and then they won, like, essentially, like, Champions League. Jeez. It was, like, monstrous season for them. So we obviously had a good uh, – a good, a good experience. Yeah, that now, actually blew me away that those guys are playing in like more than one season at a time. I, I'm, I don't know how you explain that to me, but I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's. I even remember when I was playing over there, it'd be like we like lost a game, and they're like, it does not matter. We have another competition to play in. It'd be like <laughs> it's, it's literally like you'd be playing in like the Pac-12 and like a high school league and like uh, you know, another, you know, the NFL all <laughs> oh at the same gosh. time. Like it's just like. What game does this matter for? <laughs> but um, we also threw the ball a lot of other crazy places. And uh, I know a lot of my friends that have seen the the story, uh, the first thing they say is, did you really bring a football to the Great Wall of China? <laughs> talk, talk a little bit about, like, your thought to bring a football everywhere we went. I thought that it needed to happen. We, You never know when somebody's going to be really interested in the game of football um, and see the things that we're doing and, and want to take part. So – um, a workout could break out anywhere. It broke out uh, at the Great Wall. Uh, I wish they could have seen all the takes of that throw. <laughs> so the first throw, that's that's actually funny because so the very first throw, uh-huh. like we're standing up top, and of course it was like we're not just going to throw the ball like 10 yards. Yeah. It was like let's do like a dude, dude perfect trick shot, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So Deshaun and me climb this tower. Mm-hmm. Quincy goes down about 40 yards, but it was downhill, slight breeze. Deshaun's first and like Deshaun's first throw, he rifles it to Quincy. It goes over Quincy's head, hits the concrete, bounces straight up. And you know how there's like those like uh, those high walls on the side of the Great Wall of China? It literally bounced off of that from the very top and bounced back in. Like, had it not bounced back in, like that football's gone forever. Yeah. Like, uh, football's gone, and that shot is not in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is not making the documentary right there. No, 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 no. But yeah, that 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 was a two take wonder. Um, but to me, my favorite experience that we did with a football was throwing routes on ATVs on, on the on the pyramids of Egypt. That looked that looked awesome. <laughs> yeah, tell, tell me tell me tell me how how that came about. 
Well, can we talk about Deshaun falling off his ATV right before we did the shoot? Um, and we're all nervous that Deshaun's season is over with a uh, oh, ATL tier. That so, should be the first thing we talk about. Um, um, it was it was one of the more athletic things I've ever seen him do to like jump off a falling ATV at thirty miles an hour. On jumped off and didn't fall down. Like jumped off, foot hit the ground, popped off. That was talent. Like it literally looked like something Jason Bourne would do. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was a, an amazing athletic feat. So he does that, but then we're like, all right, let's let's get in some work. So we first we went to throw out out there, and then we're like, yo, let's try and run some routes. Um, and at first, who was who was trying to drive? Dale was trying to drive the ATV. Yeah, Dale was trying to drive, it. but the problem is that we had our photographer try to drive because I had to film, mm-hmm. but. Because Dale's never played football, he doesn't understand like what the routes are. Yeah, and and if you see in the documentary, even like in Milan, like it's one in the morning after dinner, and we're throwing footballs in Milan, and he's still like angry at you about the routes you're running. Like, <laughs> Desha- like, gets, he gets very opi- he gets very opinionated about the angle of his corner routes, um, but he. Uh, so Dale's driving, and Deshaun's like, okay, you know, do, like, a post. Yeah. But Dale, like, doesn't know, doesn't like, under- the angle, and he's, like, breaking out when he should break <laughs> in. Uh, so, yeah, the first couple attempts were, were were not successful. But after that, but after that, I think we got to dial in, right, Q? To say the least, they weren't successful. But no, when, when Jason hopped on the steering wheels, we, we, we made it work pretty quickly. It was It was a high completion percentage. Dude, I'm driving. I'm shooting an iPhone. I'm steering with one hand. Quincy's behind me as the receiver. Uh-huh. And oh my god, it was crazy. But dude, the last one we did, dimes. <laughs> it was yeah. I got to sneak it on uh, my IG story before you guys even put it out, so I was happy about that. That's the only. That's the only problem. Like we're trying to shoot a documentary, and everyone's already seen it based on Instagram stories. <laughs> um, I know we don't have much time left, so I just wanted to hit up. Our final place we went was Israel. Talk a little bit about the trip to Israel. And, uh, you know, again, we only had, you know, quick 30 seconds in our piece, minute long. But uh, what did that trip mean? Can we mean? talk about the airport first? Did you, did, does anybody know about the airport fiasco we experienced? <laughs> no, nah, I think you should tell the story. <laughs> so we are landing in Israel. It's like 2 in the morning. As soon as we get off, they're like, yo, the airport is about to close. If you guys don't give us $100 each, you're not getting out of the airport. We're like, what are you guys talking about? They're like, yeah, you're going to have to sleep in the airport. Pay us our money. So we pay our money. We get, I don't know, what do we have to get, like a visa, like an instant visa or something like yeah, that? Yeah, we had to buy like a visa on the spot to get through. And this is, in Egypt, right. this is in Egypt, by the way. This is in Egypt. Yeah, this is Egypt. So we buy the instant visa. We're all confused. Then we get through, and then we go through... Customs, I guess their version of customs, which is very uncustomy. But anyway, <laughs> we're going through customs. They see a camera. Somebody sees a camera. Everybody goes on high alert. The guy we paid to help us get through or expedite our service, he's like, "Yeah, they got a camera. I don't know what else they got. Check them out." <laughs> that was like that was like my first like red flag when like the guy that like we're paying to get us through customs without questions says they got cameras. <laughs> Please look at them. Oh my god! Just so you know, check these folks out. I'm here to help them, but y'all can get some money too. Yeah, and it was uh, like he did not point at yourself or Deshaun. He basically pointed at me and Dale. It was like, yeah. 
These two guys carrying the camera bags, please open those Pelican cases. Yeah, these white guys right here, get them. Uh, <laughs> Reverse discrimination. <laughs> Israel's a little different. It's a little different. But, uh... So we're yeah, stuck so in the airport for a couple hours, but that's here nor there. We get out of the airport, and the trip's amazing. We're taking camels through, and let me let you guys know, when you get the option of camels or horses when you go to Israel, take a horse and bring a camel just for the pictures. <laughs> uh, that's a veteran tip. Camel's the most uncomfortable ride you'll ever experience. By far. Like, everyone, it was so funny. Like, we were literally in a stable, and they're like, do you guys want camels or horses? And, of course, like, no one wants a picture on a horse next to the pyramids of Egypt, right? You, you have to be on a camel. Like, honestly, like, Quincy, after this episode, I'm, like, the first thing I'm going to post is a picture of the pyramid and be like, Quincy Avery, pro tip. <laughs> Ride a horse, bring a camel. You have to do that. Like, because if you're riding the camel, you're going to be miserable for for hours. Um, but but we got charged extra at every point um, throughout our time in Israel. Um, Egypt, so dude. You've said Egypt. Israel like seven times. Like, can you say the word Egypt just so we can like edit that in a few times? Okay. So as we're driving through Egypt, um, <laughs> actually Cairo, Egypt. Let me make that clear. Uh, so we're going to Cairo, Egypt. We're on the camels. We're driving through our camelbacking through the city. We get to the pyramids. Uh, <laughs> we get to the pyramids. We get to hop on top of the camels. We do that, and then we go to what is the 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 lady who's like on the what is it called, Jason? The Sphinx. Yes, the Sphinx was absolutely amazing to like realize like these were built thousands of years ago. Um, so it was absolutely the dopest in this in Israel. I mean in Egypt. Cairo, Egypt. Don't kill me. <laughs> You've called Egypt Israel ten times. Um, so let's fast forward to actual Egypt, or no, aka Israel. Um, the last trip we did was to, to Israel, and that came about uh, through an amazing organization, American Voices for Israel, and they help bring people over to show them, you know, essentially a different side of Israel. So many people they hear the word Israel and they think, you know terrorism or bombs unsafe but um we had the most incredible time uh flew into tel aviv uh stayed there for a week went to jerusalem went up to the sea of galilee uh quincy talk a little bit about getting baptized in the jordan river what was that experience like getting baptized in the jordan river was uh i would like to say one of the most powerful moments in my life um you'll like to know this is where Jesus got baptized. Like this is where all this is like the home of religion is is where we were and having the opportunity to get baptized there um, was truly breathtaking. Like when you get to sit back and realize like, yo, we did a lot of really, really cool things this off season, but that was one of the most powerful and touching experiences that I've ever had. You know, the craziest part of that day was literally this day, Tanner, mm-hmm. we do we do a couple things. But the first thing is we get up, yeah. we drive all the way up to the Jordan River. They baptize us where John the Baptist baptized Jesus, and it's a super powerful moment. And then they're like, now we want to take you to the Sea of Galilee. And we're like, okay, I've heard of that too in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So we drive up there, but instead of like doing a tour, it's a lake, right? Yeah. The Sea of Galilee is actually a big lake. Yeah. And they lead us to this boat – 
and I thought it was supposed to be Quincy. Didn't you think it was like going to be like a sightseeing tour or something? And <laughs> yeah, that's what we think. And then, and then, then they go, "We're going tubing." <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like what? So all of a sudden they take tubes out, and next thing I know, it's Deshaun and Quincy on a big yellow inner tube. Oh my god! Playing like battle box, like on the back of this thing, and like we're going around, and like it was one of those surreal moments where. I'm I'm filming out the back of the car of the boat. Yeah. There's Quincy and Deshaun like trying to knock each other off like they're like 8-year-olds, right? And but like to my left is like like where Jesus grew up. Yeah. And this was actually the lake that he like walked on water. Uh-huh. And we're now intertubing in it. Directly behind me is Syria. Yeah. Like literally the border of Syria. Uh-huh. Like, that's Syria right there. And we're just like Cruising around like we're on Lake, like we're, it's like we're on Lake Havasu. Spring <laughs> yeah. break. Like that was to me that was like a crazy juxtaposition to go from like baptism to inner tubing. <laughs> and and everywhere we looked throughout that whole period of time that we were there in Israel, um, it was like we were just coming on like the dopest piece of history um, of biblical times, and it was. I mean, I thought that was truly amazing. Yeah, it was great. Um, Quincy, as we wrap this up, man, what's what's ahead for, for the future, man? Where are we going to go next year? Let's get to South America. Let's get to Africa. I think there's some, some big things in Brazil. I've heard that the football market is going crazy out there and they want to learn more about the game. Yeah, actually, um, after our trip, I actually went to Brazil about uh, two weeks, literally. I, I personally flew from Israel to France. Spent a week with Tony Parker there. He owns a basketball team, mm-hmm. won the championship. I flew to Argentina to shoot a story with a golfer in the slums there. And then I flew to Brazil. Um, there's a player, uh, his name's Duzon, and he's playing for the Miami Dolphins this year, defensive lineman. First player ever from Brazil. Oh, my. So, Quincy, I got to spend like a week in Brazil with this guy, met a bunch of the players, and I met the first agent helping bring players from Brazil uh, to the U.S. to play. So... We definitely have some connections there for, for for Rio and for some other spots. I think, I think next year. Here's my initial list. I'm thinking Machu Picchu in Peru. I was right? going to say, that? <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for the record, when we were in Innsbruck, Austria, Quincy and Deshaun told the group that we were going to Belgium, China. <laughs> hey, look, it's you Beijing, can know you China. know about this. <laughs> podcast that i'm not the best of geography okay <laughs> <laughs> but um so machu picchu quincy is that one like ancient ruins at the top of the like inca mountain like whatever i, I don't know the geography but it's pretty cool so i think mm-hmm. we go there fly from there to brazil from brazil i think we go to south africa do and I want to see you on safari. Like that's like my main goal for next year is to see <laughs> you in a car, range open top Range Rover, checking out lions chasing zebras and gazelles. Like that's my main I'm, goal. I'm here for it. <laughs> and, I'm here uh, for it. Yeah, so I, th- I think we do South America and and Africa next year is my plan, and then uh, potentially one more spot in Asia or Australia. I think that'd be decent, right? You um, have one guy who's ready to make the trip right now. Um, all you got to give me is a word. <laughs> well, I think what we need to do next year is I think it can't just be Deshaun. I'm thinking, I'm thinking this could become like an NFL spring break type of thing. 
Um, where hey, I got the guys. We're ready for it. I think we bring multiple players, and it, this could kind of turn into like a, you know, amazing race NFL edition. <laughs> I think you're onto something, and I think I think we're the people to make it happen. I think so too. So, <laughs> uh, Quincy, any other parting thoughts or or, or tidbits uh, from the trip on your on your end? I think that we should show them an extended version at some point, Jerry. Um, when you got a little extra time, you want to throw the little snippets out there. Um, give it to give it to the people. Listen to the pod. Um, just just as a full experience, they need to see a little bit more football, um, and they can sh- see exactly all the amazing things we did. Because I, it was literally the funnest month of my life, and I can't wait to do it again. Yep, me neither, man. Me neither. Yeah, we we actually had an eight minute cut, and mm-hmm. the afternoon before we sent it to ESPN, they said, "Hey, due to the schedule of the show, it's got to be six. So, uh-huh. I we literally had <laughs> to to spend the next fourteen hours recutting the show because it's like at that point you're like, what do you take out, right? Like. Do you take out teaching a kid to throw a football in China or do you take out throwing footballs on the back of ATVs in Egypt? Like, what do you take out, right? Yeah. Like, not really not really anything. But uh, it, it's, a t- it's a tough call. Yeah, so we're definitely going to have to, um, you know, maybe we could link, leak some uh, some footage, you know, perhaps uh, some bets that took place in Milan on the mm. sidewalk. That, that could go out. <laughs> Um, maybe maybe some stories of, of potential guests that you had uh, come visit you along the way or didn't actually show up. <laughs> hey, yo. Yeah. You know what's crazy is, is without being able to see the footage, you forget about some of that stuff. But I'm glad you have it. <laughs> I actually, the other day, sorry, I feel like, all right, audience, just listen while we tell inside jokes for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> um, but I see Tanner's like quickly losing interest. He's like doing his homework on the side here. Um, but I actually went back, I was looking for a clip, and I came across your own podcast that you recorded. Final thing, we'll leave it with this because you have your own podcast, and you recorded a podcast with Deshaun in Milan. Uh, where you kind of broke down the first half of the trip, and uh, <laughs> it was an instant classic, shall we say? <laughs> to say the least. Um, I'll tell your podcast, folks, real quick. That uh, I thought I had a guest come to visit me on the trip. Found out it was a catfish, um, and it was it was a, it was a funny experience. Just to say the least. <laughs> it was a Nigerian prince was supposed to be us in, in Milan. Uh, <laughs> So my favorite part was when we were like, well, Quincy, have you met this girl before? Um, <laughs> well. <laughs> what had happened was. <laughs> we FaceTimed, but her phone was in the first while we FaceTimed. All right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and just post it. Uh, I'm just, you know what I should do? If you give me permission, I'm just going to post you telling that story in Milan. And that might be. And we can see post where it. that thing goes. That should be the teaser for this pod. That, that's right. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll throw it up. We'll throw it up on the on, on there. That would be amazing. So, um, Quincy, uh, quickly before we let you go, where can people follow you? Where can they uh, they find you and, and and your material? Follow me on Instagram, Quincy Avery. Just my name spelled out. Um, but if you want to listen to some pod stuff, uh, the QB podcast. We're talking to a lot of great quarterbacks and talking about their experience and how they got to where they are today as a quarterback and in that quarterback mindset. Man, so it's always great to catch up, Q, and uh, I'll be seeing you in uh, ATL sometime soon. 
All right, bro. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks, fellas. All right. Peace. Only one podcast goes 3D. 3D. In-depth, behind the scenes, in multiple dimensions. Visit 3dpodcast.com to join the conversation, access show notes, and view bonus content. That's the number 3dpodcast.com. And find us on Instagram at 3d.podcast. Subscribe to 3DP on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.